personally, that's like my biggest fear because I'm definitely a people pleaser and being a worship leader and being involved in Christian culture, you always have a feeling of like, am I, Mm -hmm. am I wrong? Welcome to Cooler Conversations. I'm your host, Tyler Smiley. Today, I am with a guest that I would deem one of my most artistic of friends or connections. Um, he is a producer, singer, songwriter out of Asheville, North Carolina, Mr. Julius Tunstall. What's up, JT? What's up, brother? Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. It's an honor, bro. I well, I don't know if we're at honor stage yet. I don't, I don't think we're big enough for that, so... Hey man, any anytime I get to be with uh, friends and talk on on their content, like it's, I mean, it's always an honor. You know, it's cool. Well, I I gladly will take it. Um, for anyone that doesn't know who JT is, um, you may know him as the lead singer in the not so viral smash hit "Swimming at the MAC." <laughs> <laughs> You can uh, view this on YouTube. Uh, it features yours truly, me, as a backup dancer. Um, I literally just looked this up like 30 minutes ago. We're it's at, amazing. <laughs> we're at 500 <laughs> views in eight years. <laughs> that's all my mom. That's, that's great. <laughs> um, for anyone that wants to know, it's a parody of the classic Weezer song, Beverly Hills. It was all wrote and written by JT. So everything was by him. Yeah, it's that's yeah, that's a throwback. I didn't know if we were going to bring that in here or not. It's, that's so funny. I literally, <laughs> uh, I have nephews and they like watch like little things that I've been a part of. And that still pops up when you type my name in on YouTube. And I'm like this. I don't want this to ever go away. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. It's a, I, I forget about it all the time, and then it pops up because my YouTube channel is still attached to it under its likes, and it still pops up. And I'm like, "What the hell is this?" <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, that was a good time. Shout out to that was my first job, old Maynard Aquatic Center, as a front desk, um, barely at the front desk person. So, was that your first uh, like recording online? Um, I. Th- no it wasn't but it was very early like I think my senior year in high school I was in musical and so like some of those recordings are up on YouTube and and uh they're all still up there I mean I'd done a couple of like short documentaries for my friends that went to Elon and I think I just started recording those around that time as well so that was like the beginning of me like using my talents for you know different things um but that was the first time I had ever like you know, had a boss sit me down and be like, we want you to write a song about this, like a parody song. And we want to just, because that's when we were like rebuilding, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And so like, we had nothing else to do. So it was great. I think what's, what's weird to me. And I think I almost kicked myself for it is eight years ago is like before YouTube popped off. Mm-hmm. And yep. as stupid as it was, I feel like if any of us were to just like, stay on that train for another two three years we would have popped off of course yeah i mean we had the the people like on staff that we we could have done some really funny things for like the city of burlington and then kept kind of growing because it was so easy to grow because nobody else was really doing it you know god now now i'm upset (laughs) right yeah um so i've got you on i wanted to talk about you've got a new song out called stuck 
It's available mm-hmm. on Spotify, Apple Music, um, and anywhere else that you can stream music. So let's talk about that. Um, yeah. Where did you, I guess to, I'm going to back it up a little bit. What genre would you put stuck under? Um, like folk hop, folk hip hop. It's like alternative. Okay. Um, I, it's funny. I had one person send me a message, um, and say that it sounded like if Sly and the Family Stone and Sugar Ray made a song in 2020. And I was like, I'll take that compliment any day. Like, okay. As funny as that sounds, but it's just, it's supposed to feel kind of like your favorite, uh, early 2000s song, like the acoustic singer songwriter, but with like a little bit more hip hop and soul influence. So um, it's supposed to feel a little nostalgic because that's just kind of what quarantine has kind of done for me. I actually <laughs> really like the little beachy uh, input in the middle. It, yeah, it yeah. made me feel like I was a kid. I didn't want to say SpongeBob esque, but it just it oh, brought me sure. back to that. Yeah, for sure. I definitely wanted when I found that sample. Um, I like immediately transposed it to the key of the rest of the song, chopped up the sample and put the beat on top of it. I wanted it to feel sp- like SpongeBob or like, like a hoedown or like some kind of weird, like it could go either way, like country or beachy. And that's kind of, I, I really enjoy that. My music is eclectic in that way that you can't quite pinpoint, uh, where it's coming from because I, I would say I'm a producer first. Um, and so that's, really important to me that's how i know you're uh you're the real deal like when i asked you a genre you didn't just say the word vibe i think i've seen so <laughs> many people just say that their music is a vibe and i'm like what the hell does that mean <laughs> oh for sure i definitely use that word a lot in the studio but when i'm speaking to people i try my best <laughs> to like you need to put some edges around it so people can actually hold yeah. it you know because i feel like my idea of a vibe is completely different than someone else's idea of a vibe exactly like a vibe could be uh like not even musical so like (laughs) so um in the song you talk about there's that there's that undertow line uh nowhere to go nowhere to be um Mm. what is that what does that stem from uh definitely um the night that i wrote the song i had this feeling of like this quarantine is starting to get to me Mm -hmm. but like for any song that i write i want it to have multiple meanings um First and foremost, I want it to be fun and I want it to be accessible for people. Um, And I want them to be able to have fun with it. And I wanted to write something fun. I haven't put out music in two years. So I've been producing other people for the past two years. So I knew that my plan was not to even release the song right when I wrote it. But then all of a sudden, it was just like, oh, this feels good. Um, And it felt like it was right at the right time because we literally can't go anywhere. (laughs) Like, like it it just kind of came out. The entire song was pretty much freestyled. I mean, um, yeah, it's, it just, it felt like it was right. And whenever people listen to that song, they're going to be like, Oh, this came out during this ridiculous time where we all had to stay home. Well, see, I like it too. Cause even if you listen to it in like two, three years from now, you could take the mm-hmm. perspective of like, you know, I just feel stuck in my hometown. I feel stuck yep. in my job. So I felt like it was very much you could uh, you could accrue a backstory to it in any any fashion. For sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it, it's really cool because it has the under the undertone of like, you know, race being involved in it as well. And I think um, I didn't want that to be super upfront, but I wanted you to feel 
like when you spoke to me about the song it's like oh when you go back and listen to it you're like oh i didn't even notice that and that's like not that's just kind of my style i've never been one to um like knock people out with my you know view of anything um i've just kind of been like a personal like to be approachable and then be able to talk in a way that doesn't feel like you're being attacked you know yeah no i totally Um, get it so musically that's where i've always and that probably will stay anytime i release anything no yeah i was gonna i was gonna say um you're talking about like you know putting those little undertoes um what's your overall like back if you had like a origin story, like what is, mm-hmm. what is your like background with the music and what inspires you with that? We get into that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely started off as a kid that just kind of created um, like by himself in the room. My dad was a DJ and um, he gave me a lot of musical knowledge at a young age, like knowing what a sample was, knowing where samples come from, reading liner notes, which a lot of people don't do like looking at the record and knowing who wrote what song uh what producer was involved um that stuff is like really important to me because i want to know who's behind the scenes because ultimately that's what i want to do and uh but um i i grew up listening to everything like i remember being in fifth grade and having a music soul child r&b record Mm -hmm. but then also having green day's american idiot like american idiot like (laughs) like like and listening to those and conjunction with each other you know um that kind of was really important to me when I started playing guitar learning Jack Johnson learning jazz doing musical like always trying to be um as well-rounded and I always called it having big ears uh like being able to like pinpoint anything and walk into a room and be able to add something to any genre because that means that you're never going to be disposed as like a musician you know you're going to always be able to do something it's like you've created yourself into like a musical alchemist i've tried my best and i still have a long way to go but that's definitely where uh, i'm I'm, i keep striving towards you know um i know for longest time i i see i recently didn't know that you you moved to Asheville, but like you were here um you were leading or part of like a the St. Mark's church group. Was that like a, yeah. a point where you build it upon your skills or, you know, were you just like playing it safe with that? Um, definitely. When I was 19, right out of high school, I got an internship at St. Mark's and then um, through just working hard and working on my craft, I got to be able to be the music director there, um, which it was really cool because St. Mark's is not like a small church. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being so young and being in charge of so many people was really weird. Like, and having a boss that like was super intelligent and just like a ridiculous, uh, music talent when it comes to just being able to play any instrument, it kind of pushed me to be able to do the same thing. So like, um, it was definitely a growing experience. I loved learning how to be more organized cause I'm not naturally that way. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, as uh, lots of musicians are not, but, uh, um, it it was amazing in the sense that like I got to learn how to play every instrument, got to learn how to teach people uh, how to become better at each instrument and have really dope relationships with um, people. And I mean, faith has always been like a big part of my life. And so also being a part of that was really cool too. Awesome. Awesome. Um, obviously you're talking about uh, 
building off and becoming like a jack of all trades with all the music. Mm -hmm. Is there a, is there a, like a, a sweet spot that you hit though, that you're like, you're just, I'm really into piano though. I'm really into guitar. Yeah. I think when it comes to performing, I definitely like playing guitar more. Um, but I love in the studio being able to play keys. It's really weird. Keys and bass, okay. like, like a, like whether it be synth bass on like a keyboard or it'd be like a live bass, like you're playing like in the studio. Those are the two instruments that I probably, um, give, uh, the most to a track. And, and then also like vocally, I'll sing a lot of background vocals. I did a lot of impressions when I was a little mm -hmm. kid. So, uh, like when it comes to like having a singer and then, um, being able to have a background vocal that kind of sounds like them. And it's just like me in the studio, just kind of like adding to their voice or doubling them or doing whatever I need to do. Like those are probably the three top things that I'll bring to the studio. But when it comes to live, I just love playing guitar. It just feels crazy. You know, it's just a great, a great feeling. And it's very like, uh, physical if that makes sense you know it's I mean? also very empowering because you're the you're almost the center stage too right yeah for sure um um go ahead uh, i was just i was just saying yeah it's, it it definitely is like uh it's a very it's like when you see somebody with a guitar in the center of the stage you're like oh that's the lead singer you mm -hmm. know so um yeah i was that's it okay um so you were talked about with uh obviously stuff being a you know, a huge influence of like the coronavirus and this quarantine and everything. Um, when you were writing a song or like doing an album, like when you did uh, Surprise a Lot, the album, or you did the mm -hmm. I Don't uh, Fixing single or Perfect Love, um, like what, mm -hmm. where do you, are you in like a common place when you're writing all these or coming up with these or is there just, it's just like a spur of the moment? Um, I mean, both. And I mean, it's, it's really funny because like for Sir Cries a lot, that album was like four years in the making of just me having ideas, um, from the time I was like night 18, probably to 21, you know, yeah. and 21, 22. Um, and like, uh, it's, it's just like over time, just having these ideas. And it just so happens that I pick 10 songs that feel, even though they're written in different places, in life, they feel kind of like a story. Mm -hmm. um, that was the big thing for Sir Cry. I, was like, I wanted it to be a journey. Um, and I like worked so hard on like a uh, track list. Like it, it's really important for me for an album to have a concept. Um, and uh, so a lot of that, like that album specifically was like kind of spread out. But for I Don't, I wrote those songs right then and there. They were like very present. Uh, my parents were going through a divorce at the time. I was going through a really bad breakup. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just felt like um, perfect love and fixing. Like, I'd, I mean, I spent a lot more money on those songs because I went to this, like, nice studio in High Point and, like, got these professional players to play on it. And, this, and I got to, like, direct them some and work with this really dope producer. And the only reason it's called I Don't is because um, both songs actually start with the word I don't. Like, oh, perfect love yeah, and I didn't fixing. even pick that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was, that's the only reason it's called that it's just like it was like one of those creative things where i figured out i was like why do i because a lot of times when i'm freestyling in the studio when i'm writing yeah. music i'd say the word i don't a lot and i don't know where that stemmed from <laughs> like <laughs> i don't like i probably should like dig deeper into that but uh when i'm freestyling i say i don't a lot like like i don't understand i don't know why um 
that's kind of where that comes from. It's almost like you have a, uh, it's a social commentary and it's the, I don't understand of everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's definitely, I, I love sociology. I love figuring out the way people, why people do the things they do. And specifically myself, like trying to figure out like, why did I handle this this way? How can I be a better person? Um, and then in turn, hoping like hoping that people hearing that would make them want to like be reflective and self-assess like, oh, maybe I could do this in my life and figure this out. And, and knowing that they're not alone, mm-hmm. you know, for sure, for sure. Hey, guys, we're going to take a brief break here for a word from our sponsors. Um, so obviously now you're in Asheville, you, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to put this out there for everyone. If anyone does know me, I'm a huge, Asheville is probably one of my favorite cities. It is. Yeah, dude. It's on it's, another level. It's killer. Um, we moved there. Uh, I had my last day at St. Mark's like Easter mm-hmm. of last year. And then we moved there in June, me and my wife, Tiffany. Um, and, uh, it was just like I've wanted to live in the mountains since I was like a preteen, like just like very young, knowing that I wanted to live in a cooler part of the state. And uh, um, and I just I just love yeah. the mountains, man. It's just a different, different vibe. I feel like being in Burlington my entire life was amazing. I love Burlington so much. But like I knew that I I really needed to figure out for myself and for my relationship who we were outside of me being the guy that was on stage at this mm-hmm. big church and played music at every corner of Burlington <laughs> that you possibly could play. Um, and I just needed to figure that out. And I needed to get away to take myself seriously yeah. as a musician because I kind of just started feeling, you know, for lack of a better word, stuck mm-hmm. in Burlington. <laughs> like, um, yeah, it's, it's, it was an amazing move, and, and I feel like we're going to be in Asheville yeah, for a while. Asheville is it's so artistic. It's so open. Um, I'm a big beer drinker, so I love it there. What I was, Bro, it's what amazing. What I was going to guess, though, is like with Burlington, Burlington's obviously coming up over the years. Like it's it's huge, but it still has that small-town vibe, small-town minds. And I was, I was interested mm-hmm. in, especially because you're putting out non top 40 music if there was like any issue with mm-hmm. like obviously these small-minded people that we have in this area towards your music oh wow yeah like i definitely that's like my biggest fear because i'm definitely a people pleaser and being a worship leader and being involved in christian culture you always have a feeling of like am i mm-hmm. am i wrong like for having this opinion and honestly i think that one of the things that uh i've learned um is that i don't agree with like all of my amazing church friends here and mm-hmm. like in burlington but i've earned their trust and because i've earned their trust they like are super supportive of the things that i say even if yeah. they don't agree with me um and that's been like a big eye opener in moving to asheville um because i haven't earned uh anybody's trust there yet like they like you're either this way or Mm -hmm. you're wrong, you know? And, and it's so crazy to see that like a lot of people that I disagree with here are like bumping the music and like, even, I mean, the next album 
it's definitely I'm gonna have a lot more to say and it's gonna be a lot more like uh head scratching for the people in Burlington be like, huh, I never knew that yeah. he thought that or oh, I can't believe he actually said that, you know. Um but I know that they're gonna support it because like I'm their friend and they and like hopefully because the music is good, <laughs> like that helps too. Like they're like I actually can't help but listen to it because it feels good, you know. Do you do you get um, any inspiration out of Asheville more so now? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like just I mean, being able to drive anywhere and there'd be like a beautiful backdrop, that's I mean, inspiration there. And then um seeing uh the fact that there's so many things to do and like so many different interactions of people and having conversations. Like I will say in Asheville that it immediately not even really knowing a person, they jump straight in. Like they're just like, Tell me what you think about insert crazy just like conversation started like that i would get it would take me months to get through with people yeah normally you know and it's like wow like i we're we're jumping right in right now this, <laughs> this is what we're gonna do like i just i haven't even got my first beer yet and you're already talking about <laughs> this right now um and it's that's been really cool and it's been inspiring to be like oh so if you just kind of like put yourself out there and expectation is everything then there's like no guessing like where this yeah. person's coming from sure because social media makes you kind of guess where people are coming from. It's like, oh, is the are the intentions right here? You know, like, I read a I read a quote. It's un, not related to music. But I read a quote. It's like when we, I can't remember who wrote it. I think it was. I don't even want to guess. But basically, whenever we read something online, we automatically assume mm. that the person is dumber than us. Regardless mm. if we, I think it was a psychologist said it, regardless if we agree with them or not, we always perceive them as dumber, which is part of the reason why I started this podcast because I'm sick and tired of reading people's opinions and thoughts on things and having that like, right, that quantum buildup of me being this, you know, hyper intelligent person versus if I talk to you, I end up being more agreeable. Yeah, for sure, dude. It's like there's, there's no way to read people's emotions through just written word, you know? Like, I mean, and if they can, I mean, that's amazing. There are people that can do that. They can convey emotion with writing, but most of the time through text, through uh, captions, through mm -hmm. content, you like don't really, like you're always second guessing like where people are coming from. And it's like really weird and probably unhealthy, but like, it's like, I mean, it's, kind of good to put up some guard yeah. because you really don't know like the, what the intentions of people are. I would say that's probably the reason why music in general over the generations has trumped poems. Yeah. You can't convey sure. that, uh, that energy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely like, it's sad because like poetry is so beautiful and I know like I love, I remember back in the day, I don't know if you ever remember the show, but it was called like, um, it was like Def Jam Poetry back in the day. Like uh, Kanye West was on it. And uh, uh, I was I mean, watching all these Black Thought. Back like, back day, oh, for sure. <laughs> I was definitely watching that too. But then, like I said, like my dad's just like, watch this. <laughs> like, watch, watch Kanye talk yeah. about this or whatever. Like, I remember his, specifically his poems were mm -hmm. always like super interesting. Um, like seeing young Kanye walk up with the, yeah. Pink polo in the book bag. Um, I would love to see that Kanye now, but you know, hey, 
We're just hoping and praying. We're praying, we're praying for Kanye right now. Chick-fil-A's closed on Sunday. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Dude. Really? I hate that album so much. <laughs> yeah, like, I, well, I love the Sunday Service album. Yeah. Uh, the, just the Choir. That's incredible gospel music. Like, um, hate is a strong word, probably. I just, like, I know, I know Kanye, and I know Kanye as a producer, like what he can do. I don't know him personally. I wish I did. But um but that album was just like, ah oh, man, I want I wanted okay. something more so, from this. And but that's just me. That's me being a snob. No, no. Like, it's not a music snob for sure. Premier Kanye. Nah, I I didn't think so. There's some parts of it that I really enjoy, but most of it I was just like, uh uh-huh. I haven't gone okay. back to it. Because I really enjoyed Salah. I heard that that was Mm. Yeah, that's a really interesting song. I think Water okay. is my favorite track on that album. I, but that also, that song feels like something that I would definitely okay. try to come up with. Like, melody-wise and the uh, content-wise. Like, what, what he's saying. So, uh, obviously, Kanye could be better. In your dream scenario, um, could be years or whatever, your 10, 5-year, where do you see what is your dream scenario of with your music, where you are in life? Like, where does this take you? Yeah, I think it's been really fun because for me, like I've, I've written more in quarantine than I ever have. Like the kind of the output of um, just creating has been really overwhelming and great and really cool during this quarantine. And like I'd said to one of my friends the other day, it'd be really cool to have a publishing deal coming out of quarantine, which basically just means that I could write and uh, possibly Mm -hmm. produce for other artists on a bigger scale that like have a little bit more backing. Um, And that would have like a little bit more people on my team to be able to push me into the right studios and the right writing sessions. And um, a publishing deal is kind of all I want. Like, it's what I'm striving for, like with a good company and uh, somebody that can get me in the room with any upcoming artist that like could. Have you thought about break. doing so, the uh, um, the little Nas or Doja Cat strategy? Put it on TikTok uh, and let the generations, what, yeah, the TikTok thing. Yeah, I I actually started uh, an account. This is the weird thing about me on social media, like. I have all these ideas for TikTok and it's just like, there's so many point of view ideas. I'm like, I wonder, if, I wonder if there's any market for this, but if you market yourself yes. well, then there's a market, you know, like, and I forget that. So like, it's really, I just need to get my butt in gear and just like do the thing. Like I've, I've done one TikTok and then I just, I need to, because that's where all yes. the youth are right now. Like kids that are sharing music and, um, like I've seen your TikToks and I think they're hilarious. Like I've always, that's like, it's cool to see everybody doing the thing and going for it because if you really jump on it and like try to market yourself, then things well, happen. Well, it's creative you know? as you are, dude. Um, there's no reason, no, there's no reason why you couldn't just blow me out. Like I don't even understand why the hell I have the followers <laughs> I have. Dude, it's because you're cons- you're consistent, like, like, and that's <laughs> that's where I'm lacking. <laughs> but I mean, I I was just thinking, like, nah, dude, I, I this is one thing I'm gonna I'm not cut myself short because I don't like when people try to tell me what to do with my ideas. 
But I just think that you, For with sure. your voice and with your your pattern of consistently with this music and what your passion is, I think that there's definitely a generation out there that needs to hear this this style because it seems like we're we're definitely turning down that point. We're no longer in that, you know, everyone's doing the, like a Calvin Harris uh, vibe thing these days. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely, like, I would love for me to be the artist that, like, everybody's like, I can't believe he produced that, or I can't believe he wrote this. Like, Childish Gambino's new Mm -hmm. record that came out this year was, like, huge for me, because it, like, makes no sense. Like, he literally did whatever he wanted to, and he had a blast. Like, every song is a different genre, almost. Um, And I love artists like that. The Bonnie Bears, Justin Vernon, like, they have, like, five different Mm -hmm. band names, you know? Um and any artist where you see like their journey, like they had this period, kind of like, I mean, like Picasso had different periods. Artists have had different periods. Like, why as musicians can we not just like have growth? Because as soon as you do that, people are like, ah, he's not doing the same thing. Like, boo, which is probably where I'm coming <laughs> at with Kanye. Like, I'm like, he's not doing the same thing. So like, There's look at me being a hypocrite. You know, it's interesting like, that you said that you really enjoyed the quarantine thing. Um, I brought up in one of my past podcasts that I think that this period of um, people being stuck, people being inside could be the next generation of Renaissance. I mean, the Renaissance came after a period of mass black plague where people were inside thinking, right. Reimagining positions. And, you know, it's very interesting hearing from an actual artist that this is the point where you're actually thriving. Yeah, dude, I, I've seen a bunch of like inspirational tweets and Instagram posts. It's just like there are so many kids and so many people right now writing the best albums like they're writing their Grammy winning album right now. And and that's kind of cool to think about. Not, I, I'm like, <clears throat> it's funny. I repost those and I always say, I know y'all are out there. And then one of my friends was like, bro, why don't you think of yourself? <laughs> you know, yeah. and uh, and so it's I definitely think there's going to be a renaissance of like creativity. There's going to be people pushing boundaries like um, we're going to hear there's definitely going to be a switch in hip hop soon. I can feel that coming um, because now hip hop is popular music, which is amazing because it wasn't for a long time. But like, I mean, you think in the 80s and 90s, like hip hop wasn't the forefront. It was, you know, country and mainstream pop. But now mainstream pop is like getting played on the radio with mm-hmm. you know Meg the Stallion and and Little Nas and just these amazing hip hop artists that are just like yeah. doing uh, their it's, thing. It's it's also happening pretty quickly. Like I I'll be honest, I I was yeah. working at a store in Durham and I had no idea who the hell Megan Meg the Stallion was and she was at a shoe store <laughs> mm-hmm. there for like a signing and she walked <laughs> by the store and I just saw this like 6 foot tall woman I was like, who the heck is this? <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh, there's this new uh, <laughs> WNBA player coming through. <laughs> yes, yeah, so there up. was lines at the door. I had no idea who she was. And the next thing I know, Hot Girl Summer is on the radio. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty dope. And I look at her. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Like, the baby is, like, incredible and just, like, blowing up and he's literally that man features on anything that has any kind of musical notes on it. It's so funny. I feel like it's always yeah. like remix with the baby. Like what? 
Like, where did he come from? How does it's he get probably these the same way DJ features? Khaled does. He just yells his name enough. Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy. Speaking of social media marketing, he's, I mean, he's a genius, too. Like, you is as stupid well, as he I mean, is, all he's a genius. Well, it took him to get you know? lost on a uh, sea do in the middle of the ocean. Yo, I, and people literally kept up with that and, like, had memes for it just like on deck i'm not yeah so i'm good. not gonna lie i followed him after that and i still so, sometimes you'll hear me you hear me say major key and i don't even know why <laughs> right yeah you're just like what he's just he's dropping knowledge I so think. crazy so uh my last question i was gonna make this a fun one to kind of cap off the pod um if you are deserted well going off of uh Going off of uh, DJ Khaled, let's say you're stranded in the middle of nowhere. What is your song right. that you're listening to or album that you're listening to on repeat? Gosh, dude, these questions are so hard for me. One, because I'm indecisive. Uh, let's see. I think mm, probably it's probably Frank Ocean Blonde. Okay. I'm not going to lie. I love that album so much. Like, it's easy for me to listen to all the way through. I always find different things that I enjoy about it. It's that if, because I'd, I'd have to have an album. I'd have to like, it couldn't be one song. And if it was going to be the one song off that album, I guess it would be pink and white, but I love that album. Frank Ocean's definitely like the Godfather or probably not the Godfather. That's probably like Stevie wonder, but like, he's like the guy that like, <clears throat> Every black artist that is in R&B music that doesn't want to just do R&B music, they kind of want to, like, push the boundaries. They're all like, yeah, man, I'm just trying to, you know, do my Frank Ocean thing. It's yeah. Because like, he's, the, he's the one, you know? Like, everybody's trying to be him. I'm glad that you said an album. So. I, I heard on the radio that someone asked that question, and they said Sweet Dreams by the Eurythmics. <laughs> I would kill myself. I mean, that's a... <laughs> it's a it's a it's a toe tapper i'll tell you i can't i can't be mad at that song but it, that would that down 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 like i would probably it, when they find you you just be saying hole. sweet dreams are made of these <laughs> yeah well uh jt oh I, yeah. I had a great time with this for yeah, sure bro. i'm uh, i appreciate I'm you having definitely me have to try and get you on for another one um I'm going to plug you real quick. Uh, if you want to check out Julius Tunstall or JT on Twitter or Gra- or the Gram, it'd be JTulius, J-T-U-L-I-U-S. Um, please go check out his new song, Stuck. It's available on Apple, Spotify, literally anywhere that you're streaming music. Got to check it out. He's also got other albums and other music out. We also mentioned uh, Surprise a lot and I don't. So please go check it out. Give some love to JT here. Um, JT, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, guys, appreciate it, bro. another Friday episode of Cooler Conversations. I will catch you guys on the flip side. Hope you guys have a great rest of your day, rest of your week, and I'll catch you again later.